Section nine of Lovecraft's Influences and Favourites. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Peter Yearsley. Chelucha by M. P. Scheel. He goeth after her and knoweth not. From a diary. Three days ago. By heaven, it seems an age, but I am shaken. My reason is debauched. A while since, I fell into a momentary coma precisely resembling an attack of petit mal. Tombs and worms and epitaphs, that is my dream. At my age, with my physique, to walk staggery like a man stricken. But all that will pass. I must collect myself. My reason is debauched. Three days ago, it seems an age. I sat on the floor before an old sister full of letters. I lighted upon a packet of Cosmos. Why, I had forgotten them. They are turning seer. Truly, I can no more call myself a young man. I sat reading, listlessly, wrapped back by memory. To muse is to be lost. Of that evil habit I must wring the neck, or look to perish. Once more I threaded the mazy sphere harmony of the minuet reeled in the waltz long pomps of candelabra the noonday of the bacchanal about me cosmo was the very tsar and maharaja of the sybarites the priap of the detraque in every unexpected alcove of the roman villa was a couch raised high with necessary footstool flanked and canopied with mirrors of clarified gold consumption fastened upon him Reclining at last at table, he could, till warmed, scarce lift the wine. His eyes were like two fat glow-worms coiled together. They seemed haloed with vaporous emanations of phosphorus. Desperate, one could see, was the secret struggle with the devourer. But to the end, the princely smile persisted calm. To the end, to the last day, he continued among that comic crew, unchallenged Coragus of all the rites, I will not say of Paphos, but of Chemos and Baal Peor. Warmed, he did not refuse the revel, the dance, the darkened chamber. It was utterly black, rayless, approached by a secret passage, in shape circular, the air hot, haunted always by odours of balms, delium, hints of dulcimer and flute and radiated round with a hundred thick-strewn ottomans of Morocco. Here Lucy Hill stabbed to the heart Cacciafogo, mistaking the scar on his back for the scar of Soriac. In a bath of malachite, the Princess Egla, waking late one morning, found Cosmo lying stiffly dead, the water covering him wholly. But in God's name, Mary May, so he wrote, to think of Chelucha dead. Chelucha! Can a moonbeam then perish of suppurations? Can the rainbow be eaten by worms? <laughs> Laugh with me, my friend. Elle dérangera l'enfer. She will introduce the pas de tarantule into Tophet. Chelucha, the feminine. Chelucha, recalling the splendid harlots of history. Weep with me. Manat rara meas lacrima pergenas, expert as Thargelia, cultured as Aspasia, purple as Semiramis. 
she comprehended the human tabernacle my friend its secret springs and tempers more intimately than any savant of salamanca who breathes terrare but gelucha is not dead vitality is not mortal you cannot wrap flame in a shroud gelucha where then is she translated perhaps wrapped to a constellation like the daughter of leda she journeyed to hindustan accompanied by the train and appurtenances of a begum threatening descent upon the emperor of tartary i spoke of the desolation of the west she kissed me and promised return mentioned you too merime her conqueror merime destroyer of woman a breath from the conservatory rioting among the ambery whiffs of her forelocks sending it singly a wave over that thulite tint you know costumed cap a pied she had my friend the dainty little completeness of a daisy mirrored bright in the eye of the browsing ox a simile of milton had for years she said inflamed the lust of her eye the barren plains of sericana where chineses drive with sails and wind their caney wagons light i and the sabaeans she assured me wrongly considered flame the whole of being the other half of things being aristotle's quintessential light in the urania hierarchia and the faust book you meet a completeness burning seraph cherub full of eyes Helucha combined them she would reconquer the orient for dionysius and return i heard of her blazing at delhi drawn in a chariot by lions then this rumour probably false indeed it comes from a source somewhat turgid like odin arthur and the rest Helucha will reappear soon subsequently cosmo lay down in his balneum of malachite and slept having drawn over him the water as a coverlet i in england heard little of Helucha. first that she was alive then dead then alighted at old tadmor in the wilderness palmyra now nor did i greatly care Helucha having long since turned to apples of sodom in my mouth till i sat by the sister of letters and re-read cosmo she had for some years passed from my active memories the habit is now confirmed in me of spending the greater part of the day in sleep while by night i wander far and wide through the city under the sedative influence of a tincture which has become necessary to my life such an existence of shadow is not without charm nor i think could many minds be steadily subjected to its conditions without elevation deepened awe to travel alone with the primordial cannot but be solemn the moon is of the hue of the glow-worm and night of the sepulchre nux bore not less thanatos than hypnos and the bitter tears of isis redundulate to a flood at three if a cab rolls by the sound has the augustness of thunder once at two near a corner i came upon a priest seated dead leering his legs bent one arm supported on a knee pointed with rigid accusing forefinger obliquely upward by exact observation i found that he indicated betelgeur the star a which shoulders the wet sword of orion he was hideously swollen having perished of dropsy 
thus in all supremes is a grotesquerie and one of the sons of night is buffo in a london square deserted i should imagine even in the day i was aware of the metallic silvery clinking approach of little shoes it was three in a heavy morning of winter a day after my rediscovery of cosmo i had stood by the railing regarding the clouds sail as under the sea-legged pilotage of a moon wrapped in cloaks of inclemency turning i saw a little lady very gloriously dressed she had walked straight to me her head was bare and crisped with the amber stream which rolled lax to a globe kneaded thick with jewels at her nape in the redundance of her decollete development she resembled parvati mound-hipped love-goddess of the luscious fancy of the brahmin she addressed to me the question what are you doing there darling her loveliness stirred me and night is bon camarade i replied sunning myself by means of the moon all that is borrowed lustre she returned you have got it from old drummond's flowers of sion looking back i cannot remember that this reply astonished me though it should of course have done so i said on my soul no but you you might guess whence i come you are dazzling you come from paz oh farther than that my son say a subscription ball in soho yes and alone in the cold on foot why i am old and a philosopher i can pick you out riding andromeda yonder from the ridden ram they are in error monsieur who suppose an atmosphere on the broad side of the moon i have reason to believe that on mars dwells a race whose lids are transparent like glass so that the eyes are visible during sleep and every varying dream moves imaged forth to the beholder in tiny panorama on the limpid iris you cannot imagine me a mere fee to be escorted is to admit yourself a woman and that is improper in nowhere young eos drives an equipage a quatre but artemis walks alone get out of my borrowed light in the name of diogenes i am going home far near piccadilly but a cab no cabs for me thank you the distance is a mere nothing come we walked forward my companion at once put an interval between us quoting from the spanish curate that the open is an enemy to love the talmudists she twice insisted rightly held the hand the sacredest part of the person and at that point also contact was for the moment interdict her walk was extremely rapid i followed not a cat was anywhere visible we reached at length the door of a mansion in st james's there was no light it seemed tenantless the windows all uncurtained pasted across some of them with the words to let my companion however flitted up the steps and beckoning passed inward i following slammed the door and was in darkness i heard her ascend and presently a region of glimmer above revealed a stairway of marble curving broadly up on the floor where i stood was no carpet nor furniture the dust was very thick i had begun to mount when to my surprise she stood by my side returned and whispered to the very top darling she soared nimbly up anticipating me higher 
i could no longer doubt that the house was empty but for us all was a vacuum full of dust and echoes but at the top light streamed from a door and i entered a good-sized oval saloon at about the centre of the house i was completely dazzled by the sudden resplendence of the apartment in the midst was a spread table square opulent with gold plate fruit dishes three ponderous chandeliers of electric light above and i noticed also what was very bizarre one little candlestick of common tin containing an old soiled curve of tallow on the table the impression of the whole chamber was one of gorgeousness not less than assyrian an ivory couch at the far end was made sun-like by a headpiece of chalcedony forming a sea for the sport of emerald ichthyotori copper hangings panelled with mirrors in yasperated crystal corresponded with a dome of flame and copper yet this latter i now remember produced upon my glance an impression of actual grime my companion reclined on a small sigma couch raised high to the table level in the semitic manner visible to her saffron slippers of satin she pointed me a seat opposite the incongruity of its presence in the middle of this arrogance of pomp so tickled me that no power could have kept me from a smile it was a grimy chair mean all wood nor was i long in discovering one leg somewhat shorter than its fellows she indicated wine in a black glass bottle and a tumbler but herself made no pretence of drinking or eating she lay on hip and elbow petite resplendent and looked gravely upward i however drank you are tired i said one sees that it is precious little that you see she returned dreamy hardly glancing how your mood is changed then you're morose you never i think saw a norse passage grave and abrupt never a passage grave no it is worth a journey they are circular or oblong chambers of stone covered by great earth mounds with a passage of slabs connecting them with the outer air all round the chamber the dead sit with the head resting upon the bent knees and consult together in silence drink wine with me and be less tartarian you certainly seem to be a fool she replied with perfect sardonic iciness is it not then highly romantic they belong you know to the neolithic age as the teeth fall one by one from the lipless mouths they are caught by the lap when the lap thins they roll to the floor of stone thereafter every tooth that drops all round the chamber sharply breaks the silence <laughs> yes it is like a century slow circularly successive dripping of slime in some cavern of the far subterrane <laughs> this wine seems heady they express themselves in a dialect largely dental the ape on the other hand in a language wholly guttural a town clock tolled four our talk was holed with silences and heavy paste the wine's yeasty exhalation reached my brain i saw her through mist dilating large uncertain shrinking again to dainty compactness but amorousness had died within me do you know she asked 
what has been discovered in one of the danish kjokenmothings by a little boy it was ghastly the skeleton of a huge fish with human you are most unhappy be silent you are full of care i think you are a great fool you are racked with misery you are a child you have not even an instinct of the meaning of the word how am i not a man i too miserable careful you are not really anything until you can create create what matter that is foppish matter cannot be created nor destroyed truly then you must be a creature of unusually weak intellect i see that now matter does not exist then there is no such thing really it is an appearance a spectrum every writer not imbecile from plato to fichte has voluntary or involuntary proved that for your good to create it is to produce an impression of its reality upon the senses of others to destroy it is to wipe a wet rag across a scribbled slate perhaps i do not care since no one can do it no one you are mere embryo who then anyone whose power of will is equivalent to the gravitating force of a star of the first magnitude <laughs> by heaven you choose to be facetious are there then wills of such equivalents there have been three the founders of religions there was a fourth a cobbler of herculaneum whose mere volition induced the cataclysm of vesuvius in seventy nine in direct opposition to the gravity of sirius there are more fames than you have ever sung you know the greater number of disembodied spirits too i feel certain by heaven i cannot but think you full of sorrow poor white come drink with me the wine is thick and boon is it not setian it makes you sway and swell before me i swear like a purple cloud of evening but you are mere clayey ponderance i did not know that you are no companion your little interest revolves round the lowest centres come forget your agonies what think you is the portion of the buried body first sought by the worm the eyes the eyes you are hideously wrong you are so utterly at sea my god she had bent forward with such a rage of contradiction as to approach me closely a loose gown of amber silk wide-sleeved had replaced her ball attire though at what opportunity i could not guess wondering i noticed it as she now placed her palms far forth upon the table a sudden wafture as of spice and orange flowers mingled with the abhorrent faint odour of mortality over ready for the tomb greeted my sense a chill crept upon my flesh you are so hopelessly at fault for god's sake you are so miserably deluded not the eyes at all then in heaven's name what five told from a clock the uvula the soft drop of mucous flesh you know suspended from the palate above the glottis they eat through the face-cloth and cheek or crawl by the lips through a broken tooth filling the mouth they make straight for it it is the delicie of the vault at her horror of interest i grew sick at her odour and her words 
some unspeakable sense of insignificance of debility held me dumb you say i am full of sorrows you say i am racked with woe that i gnash with anguish well you are a mere child in intellect you use words without realization of meaning like those minds in what leibnitz calls symbolical consciousness but suppose it were so it is so you know nothing i see you twist and grind your eyes are very pale i thought they were hazel they are of the faint bluishness of phosphorus shimmerings seen in darkness that proves nothing but the white of the sclerotic is dyed to yellow and you look inward why do you look so palely inward so woe-worn upon your soul why can you speak of nothing but the sepulchre and its rottenness your eyes seem to me wan with centuries of vigil with mysteries and millenniums of pain pain but you know so little of it you are wind and words of its philosophy and rationale nothing who knows i will give you a hint it is the subconsciousness in conscious creatures of eternity and of eternal loss the least prick of a pin not paean and esculapius and the powers of heaven and hell can utterly heal of an everlasting loss of pristine wholeness the conscious body is subconscious and pain is its sigh at the tragedy so with all pain greater the greater the loss the hugest of losses is of course the loss of time if you lose that any of it you plunge at once into the transcendentalisms the infinitudes of loss if you lose all of it but you so wildly exaggerate <laughs> you rant i tell you of commonplaces with the woe hell is where a clear untrammelled spirit is subconscious of lost time where it boils and writhes with envy of the living world hating it for ever and all the sons of life but curb yourself drink i implore i implore for god's sake but once to hasten the snare that is woe to drive your ship upon the lighthouse rock that is mara to wake and feel it irrevocably true that you went after her and the dead were there and her guests were in the depths of hell and you did not know it though you might have look out the houses of the city this dawning day not one i tell you but in it haunts some soul walking up and down the old theatre of its little day goading imagination by a thousand childish tricks vraisemblance elaborately duping itself into the momentary fantasy that it still lives that the chance of life is not for ever and for ever lost yet writhing all the time with under-memories of the wasted summer the lapsed brief light between the two eternal glooms writhing i say and shriek to you writhing merry may you destroying fiend she had sprung tall now she seemed to me between couch and table merry may i screamed my name harlot in your maniac mouth my god woman you terrify me to death i too sprang the hairs of my head catching stiff horror from my fancies your name can you imagine me ignorant of your name or anything concerning you merry may why did you not sit yesterday and read of me in a letter of cosmos ah hysteria bursting high in sob and laughter from my arid lips ah, ha, ha, 
Helucha, my memory grows palsied and grey. Helucha, pity me. My walk is in the very valley of shadow, senile and sere. Observe my hair, Helucha, its grizzled growth, trepidant, Helucha, clouded. I am not the man you knew, Helucha, in the palaces of Cosmo. You are Helucha. You rave, poor worm, she cried, her face contorted by a species of malicious contempt. Helucha died of cholera ten years ago at Antioch. I wiped the froth from her lips. Her nose underwent a green decay before burial. So far sunken into the brain was the left eye. You, you are Helucha, I shrieked. Voices now of thunder howl it within my consciousness. And by the holy God, Helucha, though you blight me with the breath of the hell you are, I shall clasp you, living or damned. I rushed towards her. The word madman hissed as by the tongues of ten thousand serpents through the chamber I heard. A belch of pestilent corruption puffed poisonous upon the putrid air. For a moment to my wildered eyes there seemed to rear itself, swelling high to the roof, a formless tower of ragged cloud and before my projected arms had closed upon the very emptiness of inanity, I was tossed by the operation of some behemoth potency far circling backwards to the utmost circumference of the oval, where, my head colliding, I fell shocked into insensibility. When the sun was low toward night, I lay awake and listlessly observed the grimy roof and the sordid chair and the candlestick of tin, and the bottle of which I had drunk. The table was small, filthy, of common deal, uncovered. All bore the appearance of having stood there for years. But for them the room was void, the vision of luxury thinned to air. Sudden memory flashed upon me. I scrambled to my feet and plunged and tottered bawling through the twilight into the street. End of Helucha